Hello, everybody. Welcome. Today's episode of the Lucas High Podcast is brought to you by Audible. No, not the football. Audible, but Audible for books. AudibleTrial.com slash TLHP. If you head over there, you can grab one free book as well as one free month. Audible is a book listening service uh, or it is a service that provides an avenue for you to buy books that you can listen to through your phone, through your computer. Uh, I really enjoy it. I think it's awesome. Right now I'm listening to Breaking the Habit of Becoming Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza and it's an awesome read. Uh, an awesome listen, I guess I should say. But check it out, audibletrial.com slash TLHP. I absolutely love it. All right, episode 60, part two. I have uh, my friend George Scheibe on today. Uh, you guys heard a little bit of last week's, and I'm glad that you guys are back for this week's show. Uh, it was a lot of fun recording this one, uh, and I was listening back to it a little bit as well, and we talk more about his deployment and kind of what happened there, and uh, we talk a little bit about mental health and the Marines and kind of what that is like, uh, and he kind of points out kind of how they structure certain things and, you know, how one of the takeaways I remember kind of hitting me was, was uh, even though these people are in the military and they they defend our country and they go through tough times and, and they their job is typically harder than most, especially if you get deployed, I imagine. Well, I mean, definitely if you get deployed, I imagine that in general because of, you know, the structure and and it's just hard work. You know, you have to be dialed in, focused. They ask for good work. And like George said, you know, some guys move up, some guys move down. You, you know, you have to perform well. Um, and so I remember one thing uh, that really kind of hit me was I was like, oh, like you guys are, are people too, though. And you know, a lot of people, I think, and sometimes me, I'm guilty of this as well, is that uh, when I think of, you know, someone in the military, I think of someone who's just unstoppable and, and strong and uh, and, and all on all facets of their life. And he kind of talks about, you know, kind of the even some Marines, they struggle with social anxiety, getting used to their, their platoon and everything. And that was something that really stuck out to me, I remember, in this conversation. So it was pretty cool. Uh, just to kind of get a little bit of insight there. Uh, but then we we transitioned. We talked a lot more about MMA because George is currently training MMA and hopefully uh, getting into some amateur fights and doing well. It's something that he wants to give a shot and try out, and I'm really excited for him. Uh, and I know he's going to do well. He's a beast. And then we have, uh, at the very end, we cover uh, the Night Angel trilogy. <laughs> there is no way George and I... Uh, we're going to get on podcast and not talk about the Night Angel trilogy. Uh, we actually talked about it, and uh, I've already mentioned in a couple Monday previews and Refresher Fridays that we will be doing a breakdown of all the books uh, because that is something that uh, we are really passionate about. It's, some, it's a book series that really resonated with us when we were younger, and I could tell that George is just like me when we were talking about it. he still has all that same fire for the book and, and everything that it has and just the new stuff you discover every time you read it. So uh, that was awesome. And uh, I really enjoyed talking about it. But I will say this is one of the few times I'll say this. Don't listen to that last 10 minutes if you don't want spoilers, because I don't know if I even said spoiler alert. Uh, if you want to read the book along with us, go get the books, the Night Angel Trilogy. The first book is The Way of Shadows by Brent Weeks. Uh, and then we will be listening to that, or we will be reading and then discussing that. Uh, and we're going to do that recording soon. So I'm pretty excited. Uh, I can't wait for that to come out. 
But that is everything. I know uh, that was a little bit longer of an introduction, uh, but it was an awesome episode. Thank you guys for tuning in today. And without further ado, here is episode 60, part two with George. Peace and joy. So, wait, hold on, but you just decided to just pick it up while you were in nursing school doing the MMA? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That's, uh, yeah, I just, we literally got bored and looked it up on Google, and we found, I, I live in Greensburg now, outside Pittsburgh, we're moving back into Pittsburgh, Okay. Uh, but I'm like a mile from my gym now, it's um, it's run by a Marine and Army vet. Okay, he, nice. He's been, he's been doing this, he's a second degree jiu-jitsu black belt, he's done striking, amateur MMA, all that, and yeah. It just like we we got like pretty much like adopted into the program really quickly. Like yeah. it starts off like it's very basic. Like there's a lot of people who aren't really into competing who just do it as a workout. Yeah. But then there's like the full level sparring and stuff that I do. Yeah. And like that, I think that's kind of what made the difference. It's just like I, I missed competing. Yeah. Like, the thing about the military is like yeah, like you guys are all a team, but you're always competing with the guys around you. Interesting. Like it, it's. It does get like even just like with like PT like we'd be like just like running and doing like oh, yeah. whatever and if like you're not first with some of the things there's like this little edge or even if it's just beating your one buddy that yeah. you have like this little rivalry with and it's just like that that's what I miss was that competition that yeah. like drive to like keep moving forward because like I got out of the military I I got fat and lazy and stuff I gained <laughs> like twenty pounds grew a beard didn't get a haircut like all this yeah. stuff and like your your body I'm, was winning that competition. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I started doing that. I'm like, yeah, I, I, you know, I've been in the military. I, I won't do too bad in this. I'm like, my first class just doing stand up striking. I was cramping, dying. I'm like, that, that's not gonna happen anymore. Yeah. Like, oh man, like, yeah. I'm sure you, I'm sure you, you started getting on the grind then after you saw how that went, right? Well, yeah, and like, because up until that point, I got out and my buddy and I, we were just powerlifting, so I was still strong. Yeah, but like. And like that, that's the shape that I was in. And even when I kept doing that up until I got my recent job, yeah. like I was still powerlifting. And then I just realized like, that's not really the way that one, it's not good on the joints at all. And two, like yeah. that, that's not the, really the way to keep any, like keep any physique. Cause like with my private security job now, I do have to like kind of look a certain way. Like I, I have to shave, have a clean cut haircut, yeah. do all this stuff. I'm like, I, I need to like look good pretty much. Yeah. And like, I'm like, powerlifting is not the way to do that because the amount of calories and stuff that you need to eat and then you don't really burn mm-hmm. just to get the amount of proteins so that you don't tear anything with powerlifting yeah. is insane. So I just had all these calories that I wasn't using. So I just kept putting on weight. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And cause you, cause you, you transitioned from doing the powerlifting into your job then and stuff. Yeah. And then the job and actually really picking up MMA more is my main like workout other than just like, Oh yeah, this is fun. But like now, like this is like, like now my workouts, like you like since the like whole COVID thing started on my porch, I have what's called a reflex bag. So you hit it, flies away and comes back. Oh, nice. I have that. Um, I have like a jujitsu dummy, a heavy bag that I don't oh, have nice. hung up. Um, two twenty five pound weights, a thirty five pound kettlebell, and some like resistance bands. Yeah, you don't need and, much, like, man. Yeah, and like that's the thing. Like most of my stuff is body weight workouts, but most of my workout is I'll do like. I'll do a couple sets of like lifting or something like that. And then I'm running, doing burpees or hitting my bag. Yeah. So like I, I work out barefoot mm-hmm. when I'm like that so I can kick. Yeah. It's like everything is geared towards the MMA now. I do all my workouts barefoot. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I normally work out in LA fitness, so I really can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I'm super but yeah. fortunate. I'm super, I have a home gym, so 
Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my my dad was into bodybuilding when he was younger, so I, I inherited all that stuff. Okay. <laughs> that's that's nice. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I mean, it's super nice. I'm I'm huge into working out, so I, I love fitness. It's I'm, I've been well, yeah, like, like yeah, you you gave me those tips on my last appointment. Yeah. Um for like my diet and stuff because like it was the same thing like i was just doing like heavy lifting and all that and i'm like why am i gaining weight like i really wasn't putting on fat yeah like like i've always i think like i've always just had this layer of fat that i have trouble losing yeah but like i like i'm strong fast like doing all this stuff i'm like i just want to lose it. and like i ended up with a six pack on that deployment man no way <laughs> like, dude let's go yeah. like, like i was like so like it was like it took a few months and like a lot of it was also not eating to be honest but yeah. like i was like doing the intermittent fasting as much as i could yeah and like following like the way that you told me to work out and that worked for me i had to hear i told you some good shit <laughs> yeah like um, and i tried i tried it again when i got back and then like i just had trouble like with my like work schedule and stuff like yeah. that with really keeping it up so like you know, like i'm sure you know like doing the same thing all the time doesn't work yeah like at least for me like i have to change up what i'm doing or my body gets complacent so quick and i think yeah. that's just from all the changes yeah that i've gone through like through football and stuff in high school like because like going into my junior year i weighed 175 pounds like i was like yeah. skinnier and stuff i'm like all right yeah like uh I'll play like linebacker or whatever. And they're like, no, we want you to play center. Jesus. So I got, a, I got up to two forty-five. Oh my God, dude. You got, yep. you got big. Yeah. So <laughs> I like, it was lifting, eating like 6,000 calories a day, like oh all God. that stuff. Like, and then I had to cut that all down. So that, like, I'm still like just having trouble, like losing that layer of fat. But like, mm -hmm. even now, like when I wake up in the morning, like I could see my abs and I'm like, that's, that's still progress for me. Yeah. Especially from where oh, I was awesome. when I got out of the military. And like, uh, one of the things that I don't know you probably haven't heard about is uh, when a lot of guys get out of the military, it's not even really like the medical condition of low testosterone, but your testosterone gets lower because you lose that competition. You're not in that what we call an alpha male society anymore. Yeah. And that was a big issue that I had. Mm -hmm. um, but it could also be that uh, you're in high beta brainwaves all the time and then your, your, your body's still stressed out when you come back. You know, you're used to being in that, like you said, you're used to being in that society and like that alpha competition, like being ready to compete all the time. And then you come out and you're still in that, but there's nothing to be like gear it towards. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, mm -hmm. that's the, like they told me when I got a blood test at the VA, they're like, yeah, um, your testosterone is not low enough for us to treat, but you might want to look at some over the counter stuff. And I, I, I use uh, steel supplements. Have you heard of them? No, I haven't. Oh uh, yeah. It's a, a bunch of like famous people use it or whatever. And I, I get 25% off online. So I tried their, uh, mm -hmm. their test booster and it's, it's worked for me. Like, yeah. it's not like I lost the drive to work out. I couldn't work out for that long anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, yeah. uh, but like e even just like trying little things like that has made like a huge difference for me. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Oh dude. If you want, if you want some like tips and stuff, I can always help you out with that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I might come to you soon. Cause, uh, especially when, uh, like Westmoreland County is where I live now. We're, we're, we open back up on Friday. Yeah. Uh, at least the green face, so I'll be able to go to the gym. So I, I might hit you up soon for some of that. Oh, absolutely. Stuff. <laughs> and we can also, uh, I can help you get your, your, I'm not, I'm not a pro at this, but I, I know, I know a lot of stuff about getting your natural, your natural test back up. That way you can cycle off that supplement. Okay. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. Cause the thing is you have to be careful of, and, and I'm not, not saying you're doing this, but this is just people in general. Again, I'm not a doctor guys. This is for the podcast. I'm not a doctor. This is just my passion. So I'm, if it's wrong, I'm sorry. And don't do anything dumb. <laughs> but uh if you take it for too long it'll be tough for your body like if you ever come off it for it to generate its own because you've been getting it exogenously oh but, yeah i i've been cycling on and off okay of it, good at uh, least with, you're cycling the recommended way like yeah. uh 
that's something like right now I'm on. I just ordered one more for my last cycle of it, and then I want to try to. I was gonna try to do natural things as well. Yeah. So that like. Um, oh, dude! If you have any questions, uh, forward it forward them over to me. I'm always. I love answering these types of questions. Always, I dude. I'll give out this advice to anybody. You know what I mean? Like, if again, not a doctor, <laughs> not a doctor. I don't have a degree, guys, but. Um, it's just one of those things that I spend a lot of time on. I follow a lot of people that talk about it too. So, you know, you know, I just want to, want to help out the boys. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good, man. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, I'm glad that you're feeling better though, you know, cause I, I can, I think, so what happened to me one time is I, I did, I was doing fasting for really long times. I was doing, there was a period of time and during a summer where I was doing, uh, I was in like 18 hours almost every day. Yeah, that, that's what I was doing around the time that I started feeling the low testosterone. Yeah, so I was doing like 18 hours every day, and then I was doing that, and then eventually um, it, it's hard to, to, to get back to doing stuff because you just, you know, you don't have as much energy when you're not eating all the time. Uh, so it, it was tough. It was something that was interesting for me, and I was curious if I had had low testosterone, lower testosterone at some point, but now I feel good. Like now I've, I, found, I found a good balance for it. So it's been something I've been working on too. That's good. Yeah, like um, one of the things like with my job, I don't have a really like set schedule. Like I was working twelve on, twelve off for a while. Yeah. And then, um, but that was like you know, I that was just a set like night shift that I was working, so it was easier to do fasting. But now I do eight hour shifts, like two mornings, two night or two afternoons, two nights, pretty much. Yeah. So like I don't really have a set schedule. So what I've just started doing is I don't eat within three hours of me waking up or going to sleep. Yeah. Oh, that's oh. Going to sleep is the big one, man. I, I'm yep. telling you, that's the big one. So yeah, the, the big one for me is like waking up. Like uh, depending on like when I wake up, that's typically when I like to work out. I'm like, I don't like to work out on a full stomach. Yeah. So that's typically how that has just kind of translated. Yeah. Um, I don't like depending it on the day. Like sometimes, like th- this morning, I, I slept in and I had breakfast and I woke up. Like so, I'm not really as tied to like. Cause also, like my wife realized that like. I was being really, really stressed out about it, and she felt like that was me making it worse. Like I'm like, oh, oh I can't 100%. eat yet, like stuff like that. So like now I'm more relaxed about it. Like I'm still watching what I eat. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was counting calories and stuff like that. But honestly, th- there wasn't really a point because I was eating 1,800 calories and burning 5,000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With the workouts that I was doing, and I'm like, but that was still stressing me out because I was still watching. Like, yeah. oh my god, like I'm counting all this stuff, and like, oh dude, I like. I, I've stopped doing that for about two weeks now, yeah. and I've I've noticed huge differences in my weight and like body and stuff like that. And Dude. I'm like, they're like, that's good because I'm not stressed about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, a hundred percent, man. It's all mental, dude. It's a hundred percent mental. Like if you you the way I, I've described it to to people or like the way that I approach things in my life, I pull something in. I pull in a habit, right? Let's take intermittent fasting. I pull that shit in, and I go, "This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do 12 hours every day." And then I start doing that and I do it for a while. And as soon as it starts becoming, oh man, I got to hit 14. I got to, I got to do that today. I got to Like, I got to do it. Otherwise I'm going to break my streak, stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? As soon as you start getting into that mindset, you're not doing it to be healthy anymore. You're doing it to just do it. Right. Yeah. So that's just going to create more stress because as soon as it doesn't go your way, right? Like soon as something doesn't happen, all of a sudden you don't get a meal in, it's just going to create more stress. You're going to create a more stressful environment for you because now all of a sudden something that you didn't plan for, instead of rolling with the punches, what you've done is you've gone, oh man, how do I hunker down? How do I just, how do I take care of this? Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. One second. One second. All right. Sorry about that. Very good. Yeah. No, but that's, I mean, I'm glad it's doing better. I, dude, I, my, I've gotten away from like, 
in my health stuff, like eating really specific stuff and everything like that, counting calories. I've gotten away from a lot of that stuff and more just gone into this more natural, like, how do I feel? Like, what, what, what is my body telling me? And that's a tough, that is a, that is a muscle in its own to, to teach your body. Like, what does it need today? You know? Yeah, like I've, I've been trying to do the same thing. Like I still like, of course, I look at the back of everything that we get. Um, so my my wife same. is actually allergic to gluten. Yeah. So I typically eat gluten free. That's good, like, dude. Most of the time, and like that, like that tra- normally translates to eating lower carb food and stuff like that, which I I try to do. Mm-hmm. But that's hard to do with the whole martial arts thing because like mm-hmm. there's a huge difference. Between, like, cause a, a bunch of people like who I know have tried the keto thing, and I tried doing something similar, but mm-hmm. there's a different energy you get from eating carbs and eating like the high fat diet. Yeah. And like the, the carbs, like I find like I have so much more energy. So I'm like, I'm still, I still limit what I eat between carbs and fat. Yeah. But like, I'm not, like you said, I'm not like hyper focused on that anymore. Like I'm yeah. like, all right. Yeah. Like if I want to eat something with a little bit higher sugar, cause like I want, like that's what I feel like I need right now to get the energy that I need. I'll mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. Like, like I'm trying to stay away from like sweets and stuff like that, but that's just more of like a, trying to eat clean like training yeah. mindset so oh man dude i remember being there i, yeah. I remember being there george <laughs> i haven't had i haven't had candy i haven't had candy since we last talked in person wow yeah i <laughs> that's impressive man <laughs> dude i well th- just around that time is when you, when we started uh well what right before you got deployed that first time we started talking or we talked that first time i, I remember that we talked in a wing store i remember that but yeah um, uh, that was when I started getting into diet. Okay. Yeah. So that, dude, you don't even know. I went deep down that rabbit hole. <laughs> it was for years of consuming content of just like, what's the right thing to eat? What am I going to eat? And stuff like that. How do I fuel my body? I was, I was big into that for a really long time. And so now it's just like, I know what I got to eat. I, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. That's good, man. Like mm-hmm. being able to like feel what your body needs. Like I, I'm sure that takes a lot of practice too. Like, Dude. cause sometimes I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what I need to eat for this. And like, that's what, like, I still meal prep and stuff like that, but that's mainly yeah. just for work because yeah. you know, like I work my days and like, I don't really have time to cook. Yeah. Yeah. I got um, you. But, Oh man. Well, I think so as I've gotten in this whole mindfulness thing, I think that's even more important than diet, than exercise and everything is just, is is how you approach yourself mentally and how do you you approach like each day how do you approach your thoughts that to me when i started working on that type of stuff so sorry to go down this rabbit hole but um when i started working on that type of stuff i realized what what i was missing by not working on my mind and just okay so i i, I and then i've i'm like i'm i'm pretty obsessive <laughs> So as soon as I, I start doing something that feels right and I'm like, oh man, I really enjoy this. I'm, I'm one of those people. It's like, all right, this is what I do all day. This is what, this is what I'm going to do all day. <laughs> so I started reading all this mindfulness stuff and, and like, how do I actually, and like listening to different people talk, how do I talk, like how learning how to talk to yourself and stuff in your brain, like your own okay. mind. Cause you have a uh, Marissa Peer is someone that I've listened to. She has a really good idea about it. She goes, all right, so your your brain is like a Ferrari, but if you no one ever teaches you how to drive a Ferrari, you're not going to drive it to its full capacity, right? 
Okay. Yeah. So she talks about that, like your brain's really smart. And I think that a lot of those like trying to control things and like trying to figure out how do I do this right? And how do I do this? And like getting worked up. I think that's a lot of anxious thoughts. And so I started really combating those and I've, I've just done the same thing I did with diet. I've just been super obsessed with that. It's like my whole day. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. But I totally, I totally get the whole, like, you know, like trying to figure out how things work in with the day and, and food and everything like that. But I think if you if you get the mind stuff right, like it's 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 weird. You can almost transcend all of the other stuff. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, that, that's something I've struggled with. And uh, so Megan, my wife, she just got her uh, master's in social work from Pitt. Oh wow! And like she she's been trying to work with me a lot on changing my mindset because the yeah. uh, you know the military, especially Marine Corps combat mindset, and mm-hmm. like just like getting out of the military, your whole mindset towards everything needs to change. Yeah. Because like I pretty much the mode that like I'm still in a lot of the time is like, this is what works for me and my guys yeah. to survive. Yeah. And I don't really like to stray too far away from that, but she's yeah. been trying to kind of break that. In. And that's good because like, I was so stressed all the time. Like even in school, like mm-hmm. I was so hyper focused on making sure I got everything right. Yeah. Cause like, um, nursing school like it's curved because like things can be very difficult so they curve everything and like i I was gonna pass it like i know i was gonna pass yeah but like in the military a passing grade on a test is 80 uh, is 80 percent or above okay so you have to get this high efficiency and all that stuff yeah so i got so used to stressing about all this stuff and memorizing everything like there's still things in my mind that i memorized from from, like infantry school yeah oh man you've always had like work ethic yeah, but like the the thing is they they burn these things into your head and like you're so stressed out about it and like she's been working on breaking that down and being like, yeah. hey, you don't need to like stress about this. Like you need to like take a step back, relax, yeah. and just think about what you need right now. Like you're not in the military anymore. I know that mindset, like just yeah. a basic military mindset, really isn't gonna break in me. Really, mm-hmm. like at least with like a lot of things. Yeah, but like she's been working on kind of like that mindfulness thing of just like, hey, take a step back, relax, and think about this. Yeah. Because I got so used to, here's this thing, I'm going to react to it, come up with a plan, and enact that plan. Yeah. Like, instantly. This gets this actually gets into, like, my next question that, well, that I've been wanting to ask for a while and kind of ask you about this. How, how has the military shaped your life now, like, coming out of it? Like, what, what, what foundations has it set? And what, what things do you have to work on that you maybe have to adjust as you've come back into regular life, right? Okay, so yeah, like the foundation that it set, like of course, like uh, the whole like discipline thing. Like, if I'm gonna do something, I set my mind to and I do it. Um, I'm good at taking orders. I'm good at coming up with plans. That yeah. that's kind of stuff that like I was always really good with. But like, just my mindset, or maybe not mindset, just like how I approach things is completely yeah. different. Although, mm-hmm. and I think that was due to mainly I was in leadership positions when most of my time in the Marines. So like, I don't. I don't think about making decisions for myself. Yeah. Like I, I think about it based off how it's going to affect the people around me, which oh, I think is something that not a lot of people do because I like really thought about that. Yeah. Cause like I, I was in charge of like for a while I was a platoon sergeant. So I had 60 dudes under me That's and a lot of guys. Yeah. And like having to make decisions, not based off like, cause I could be like, all right, well this is what's going to make it the best for me. And I'm like, no, it's got to be the best for everybody around. Yeah. And like, most people, when if they meet me and stuff, they assume that I'm some like uber conservative veteran idiot. 
And I'm not. Like, I generally, I think about all people around me. I think about what I can do to keep them safe. Like, a big thing that yeah. my, my, my wife, like, she tends to stress out about is I'm always very about our safety. Yeah. Like, like I have guns, body armor, all that stuff. A lot of that's for work, but, like, that's just how I am. But I'm not, like, yeah. one of those Second Amendment idiots just like, I'm going to shoot you if you come in my house. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like I'm in this mindset where like I like to keep the people around me safe. Yeah. Because that that is so ingrained in who I am is yeah. like how can I keep everybody happy and alive pretty much. Interesting. And like that's something I don't think that'll ever really break. Um mm. but like some of the things that I had trouble with, I think especially with going from being, you know, that sergeant in charge of 60 something people. Yeah. A lot of them being 18, 19 years old was me going and being a freshman in college. Oh, that was probably a so, weird transition. So mainly with that is I got used to if somebody said something stupid, me able to go turn around and be like, shut your dumb ass up type of thing. <laughs> but now like I, I just have to kind of sit in class and go, oh, okay, this is this is how these people think. So kind of for just being accepting, not yeah. of other people's opinions, but just more accepting that people are going to speak their minds. Yeah. Um, because like normally I I tend to keep my mouth shut on most issues mm-hmm. just because it's like I'm like yeah like everybody's opinion matters but I don't need to put my opinion out there yeah like and that's generally the way that I think but I know most other people don't really think that way mm-hmm. and I like I've had to grow to be accepting of that also um one of the big things is I kind of perceive one of the things that they train you is everybody's a bad guy until they're not type of thing. Huh. Oh, okay, and okay. and I, I tend to do that like sometimes too. Like if somebody's like you know like driving up behind me real close to my truck and stuff, like I'm like, all right, like that's a threat. But I'm like, no, they're, they're just kind of being an asshole right now. <laughs> like, yeah. so kind huh. of just like breaking it down and not perceiving everything as a threat. Yeah. Like like th- that type of that type of thing has been hard to break. Yeah. Um. Man. Well, other behaviors like it's just kind of just like, like how I live my day to day. It used to be like really structured. Um, now it kind of is, but like also just like being able to relax and not focus on everything else going on. Yeah. Um, cause like when I had my time off, when I was like a section leader, platoon sergeant, whatever, it wasn't time off. I was on the phone most of the time. If something yeah. happened on base, cause like my wife and I, we lived off base. I'd have to drive on base. Like yeah. we had one dude get drunk and fall out of a third story window oh, one time. Jesus. Yeah. Like I had to go in for that, like yeah. stuff like that. Um, so like kind of like, just like, now, like I've gotten in the habit where I'll put my phone on the charger in the room and I won't touch it for a while. Oh, like stuff like that. that. Like, yeah, like just like being like in the moment and not caring about everything else that's going on. Oh man, dude, this is my George. This is my shit. <laughs> this is like this is what I study all day. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I, to- I totally I understand I understand everything you're saying. Like it, it's tough, man. Like that's yeah. that stuff is. Cause I was, uh, obviously I don't have like the same type of anxiety where, you know, like you have, you have the, the threat level type thing where, where you're like, or you had, you're working on that. Right. Where, yeah, yeah for me it was, um, social anxiety, which is not, th- it's, it's, it's not threat, you know, like I'm not thinking this guy's a threat. It's more just like, what is this, what is everybody thinking of me and everything like that? I had that for a really long time and anxieties they're, they're similar where you're, you're perceiving your outside environment. You're trying to figure out what's going on out there and how do I fix what's going on? You know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of like working on and sitting on internally with how you're feeling and stuff, it's tough. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, definitely. It's a tough, it's a tough thing, but it, it's a, uh, once you start doing it and you start really, you, you can feel really good once you realize how to, how to tone all that down. Biggest yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh yeah. So, like yeah. Like um, 
one of the good things about being in the military is I have met people with pretty much like every different issue that you can think of, like mm-hmm. anxiety and stuff. It's it's actually very common. Like people like they don't really expect to see that in the military, but yeah. you do. Like the, we had a lot of guys with like social anxiety and stuff, and like mm-hmm. it was cool being able to not necessarily like break it down, but like help them through those issues. And like that's something that we all got through together. Because like one of the biggest things, is, like yeah, everybody rags on each other and stuff, but we're we're all there together. We're all there yeah. to suffer together, pretty much. So like. We had guys with social anxiety and stuff, and like uh, by like a few weeks in, like they, they were going out with their friends on the weekends and like having yeah. fun and stuff. And it's just like, I think like one of the big things for at least like guys in the military with that, like I don't know if any of your listeners are like, it's like if you see people who have issues with socializing and stuff like that, like get them out, make them feel part of the group, man. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a big thing because what they don't want to do when you have social anxiety really bad, what you don't want to do is you don't want to challenge yourself and put yourself in new situations. Cause you're yeah. already struggling with the situation that you're in. But as soon as you start putting yourself in more situations of like social situations, everything like that, then you get used to it. And then you're able yeah. to, then you're able to, you're able to adjust. It's like, we had one guy, like he would not like do anything, but he got so close with like his actual like little group that he was fine with like going out and going to bars and stuff with yeah. them. That's a big, and dude, I'm like, I, I, I'm like that, that's huge. Yeah. I never realized I, that's actually a really good thing that you brought up there. I didn't even realize that. I didn't even consider that that might be like something that people deal with, like even like going into the military and everything like that. But you guys are people. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, we're normal people with just yeah. different training. Like, like that, that's it. It's like, yeah. that's pretty much like we went to a different college for a little bit and we have a different skill. Yeah. Like that's it. Like people like, especially with the Marines, people don't really know much about the Marines other than mm-hmm. like the recruiting commercials and stuff like that. Yeah. Or like you'll see like pictures of them on like the internet and stuff, but you really don't know much about them. Like, mm-hmm. um, like you can find like stuff out, of course, but like most Marines, like they they're literally just they call us crayon eaters. Like, <laughs> which like a lot of the smart, like some of the smartest people I've ever met. But like everybody's just an idiot, and they act like an idiot because like it's such like this different environment. Yeah. But it teaches you like we we all suffer together. Like, that's just the thing that we say all the time. Like, Hey, if I'm here, you're here too, man. We're good. And like, yeah. you could be in like the worst situation ever, but you're sitting there laughing with your buddies yeah. and you just don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. Like any, any like, pers- like, of course, like the social anxiety is still going to exist, but like any yeah. of that seems to just like go out the window for a lot of the guys for a while. Yeah. Like, even, like when they're with their friends or like, and the, you gain a lot of confidence from that stuff too. Mm-hmm. Like, especially, like, uh, that's, like, kind of one of the ways that they set up Marine Corps boot camp is they break you down for two months, and then they build you back up. Yeah. Well, you almost like, you almost need to, you need to, the thing is that I'm learning about all this mindfulness stuff is that you have all of this, this, this program that's running in your brain. You've been running it for how many fucking years, right? Yeah. You've been running it because you've been conditioned to run it every year. How, how long do you think, you got to take all this time. You got to, you've been building a house on fucking sand and swamp and you, you're, you don't know where the next peg goes because there's no, there's no good room anymore. Now you got to try and switch to good ground, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I, I totally get that. That's wild. But, uh, I'm glad that, I'm glad that you got like, that there's, there is that, uh, there is that cohesion there. That's good. You know, it's definitely a good help, helpful thing. Well, yeah, like that's when they like they always say like uh, the best friends that you'll make are in the military. Like oh, anybody's like like that's one thing. Like so, like I, I knew like a couple like people like even, even you I knew since we were what like 
nine. Yeah. Something, something like that. Yeah. When, uh, when like, Brian moved over. Yeah. But like, even like there, there's some guys like, like, I, I think I know like a decent amount about you. Like I can yeah. still like reconnect with you like really easy. Yeah. But like there's guys I knew for a year and a half that still hit me up every day to talk to me. Yeah. That's, I mean, like it's, it's just such a different thing. Like yeah. I never expected that. Like my, perception of like even getting out of the military was like how it kind of was with high school everybody just kind of goes their separate ways yeah. but like at least once a week i'm on the phone with like a different one of my friends who's either still in the military or out yeah. like just say, just checking in to see what's up dude fuck like, yeah that's awesome which is like important because like uh have, have you heard of a whole like uh military veteran suicide issue or anything like yeah. that it's uh, like it's that, not like, a good tw- 22 a day like i've lost like uh I think my, my unit, so Second Battalion, Seven Marines has the highest suicide rate. Uh, there was a new New York Times article about it, about wow. like our, about our guys from like 2008, 2010. Like, and it just keeps getting worse. Like uh, yeah. I know, I think seven people. Dude, I'm sorry. It's, it's honestly like the, the way that we think about it, it's just kind of part of what it is. And a lot of it isn't even due to PTSD. Like the biggest thing with it is when guys get out, they lose their purpose and they don't know what to do anymore. Yeah. And that's something like uh, there's a there's this company called Till Valhalla Project. Uh, a vet from my unit runs it, and mm-hmm. pretty much like if you buy stuff, like I get my uh, memorial bracelets. Like if you you ever see me again, I'll have these two black bracelets on with like guys who either committed suicide or we lost in combat. Yeah. Um, I get them from there because all that money, like all like a decent amount of their profits it either goes towards growing their company or they donate to mission 22, which is directly combating veteran suicide. Yeah. And the other thing that they do is if somebody does die in combat or like suicide or whatever, they deliver like hand deliver a plaque with their picture and like a description to the family's house. Mm -hmm. Like that's how this started. This guy started in the garage. Now they just bought this whole facility and all this stuff. And like doing stuff like that, I think is important because like, when you do get out, you do feel really, really alone. Like mm-hmm. I was married. I had my best friend from the Marines living with me when, when I got out, but still there's just like this feeling that you, you don't know what you're supposed to do anymore. Yeah. Like you, you went from like, especially like the way I was, cause I extended typically when you come back from a deployment, you can have like six, seven months when you get back to kind of like deescalate, do mm-hmm. that. I got out. I had my transition uh, class, which is a week long where you just kind of learn how to make a resume and stuff. Yeah. And then I had a couple weeks and then I was out of the military. Huh? So I didn't really have that time to really cool down. I just came home. Yeah. So I had to like kind of have that coming home process without all of my friends there. Yeah. Which is something I wasn't used to because my first and second deployment, we all did that together. Yeah. But then even my third deployment, most of my friends that came up in the Marine Corps with were already out. Yeah. So like, yeah, so it, it was an interesting thing, and like that's what, like I keep going back to the MMA thing. Like MMA, like that really like gave me that drive yeah. to not necessarily keep going, but it just gave me a different focus in my life. Like mm-hmm. it made me realize that it's like, yeah, this is like I'm I'm not gonna ever try to go like professional MMA. Like it's a hobby. Like if I do amateur, it's like mm-hmm. it's a sport. Like yeah, like I like doing that, yeah. but like it's it just gives you that thrive. It's like hey, I can keep going. I can get kicked in the head and i can keep going today like yeah find that new thing and like that's how like well uh, when i got my job and everything like that's just got to keep rolling with it pretty much yeah and that's that's what a lot of guys or a lot of people who get out of them i keep saying guys because i came from an all-male unit but uh mm-hmm. a lot of people who get out of the military or even just life in general they just like kind of lose their purpose and that's yeah. why they have a lot of issues man 
I, I can totally understand that. Real quick, uh, I want to ask you more about your MMA and the the community you have there because there's usually a good cohesive unit, like not unit, but there's you know you make good friends and you're sparring, you're hitting each other. But uh, what is that? What is that? Um, that project you were talking about? Where Till you, Valhalla project. Valhalla project. Yeah, uh, Till Valhalla project. Till yeah. Valhalla, and that's one you recommend. Yep, uh, they have like shirts and different stuff, and like you can like read the history and stuff there with that. It's they got some pretty cool stuff. It's about um, mainly combating uh, veteran suicide and PTSD right. and stuff like that. Yeah, I just want to know because I'm going to drop that. I'm going to drop that in the show notes, guys. So that'll be in the show notes. Till Valhalla. All right, thank you. Yeah, right, absolutely, of course. Anything I can do to help, man. But um, how's it? How is a how's the community and being part of a gym? Cause I was part of a gym and it's not like the military obviously, but it's fun. <laughs> I like being in a gym, dude, like a martial arts gym. Well, yeah, it's all cause like really when you go in there, the, like well, something I expected was I was going to go in there and just get my ass beat. Yeah. And like, there's going to be all these people like trying to be like UFC fighters and stuff, no. but like really there's not, even when you're sparring and stuff like that, like everybody is so respectful just because of that martial arts mentality. Yeah. I, I know not every gym is like that, Yeah. but that's how ours is. Like we, we bow before we go on the mat, like yeah. uh, for jujitsu class, we bow like uh, after every class, everybody either fist bumps or high fives, whatever jujitsu yeah. you shake hands, say good job. Like it's, they do like, it's almost like they force the cohesiveness, yeah. but you, you learn so much about people without talking. Yeah. It's, it's like, fun. It's different, man. It's just like yeah. my, my community was so, was, was really nice too. And you just, you're rolling with these people. You just make friends. It's like, you can't not be friends, you know? Yeah. Like, um, like a, a couple, like only like a couple people there I actually like talk to outside of training, but like one of the dudes, he like, we just started talking a little bit ago. Um, Cause he, he just started, but like, we just like get along really well. Yeah. And it's, it's like cool because like it's some, it's somebody else to talk about. Like, cause not everybody's into MMA. Like most people yeah. think the UFC is just a bunch of idiots cage fighting, mm. but, uh, <laughs> but like once you like actually get into it and you can talk to it, it's like you, you learn a lot about people from yeah. everybody's super arts. helpful. They're always really nice. Like if you get in the right gym, they'll be like, Hey man, you want to do this? Like I do this. I like doing this. You know, some people do it this way. It's really nice. Well, yeah, and, like, everybody's helpful, like, even, like, outside of it, too. Like, yeah, like, I'm buying a house, we're moving and stuff like that. And even my coach oh, is like, yeah. hey, if you need any help, like, let me know. I'll get some people together. And I'm like, that, thanks. No, <laughs> like, it's, it really like, is yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. You, but, but, uh, like, go ahead. Go on. Uh, we, we also, we have a lot of um, veterans who I train with, too. So, like, that, mm-hmm. that's been cool, too, because I really didn't know many veterans. And I think there's four or five other combat vets at my gym. Nice. So it's cool because like we're all, like we're all like pretty close there too. But then like there's like kids who train there, like mm-hmm. girls who train there, and not just like girls who are, like really into MMA. It's like some who just want to do like kickboxing and stuff. And yeah, it's, it's like it's a very like wide group, but everybody's so close. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a little, a little family. Yeah, especially my professor. So like, I think it was my professor, but he said like with jujitsu, you better get you better get close because you might be asked to face sometimes. And you guys, there's no way you can't be friends if you're rolling and someone, someone's got you like reversed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. You're going to be put in some pretty uncomfortable positions. It's, it's, you're, you're grappling. It's not, it's not, Hey, let's get a hug, you know? Yeah. But the, the other thing with that is like, you got to trust that they're not going to hurt you on purpose too. Yeah. So if you're like feeling like that, like a competition or fight setting is going to be something different. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you're going to have that respect of the person that you're fighting. Yeah. But it's got to be different with the people that you're training with. 
Because, like, if you're going in there and you're like, I might get my arm broken, you're not going to get as much training value out of it. Oh, definitely not. And, like, that, that that's the thing. Like, there's some of these guys that are huge. Like, there's this one guy I roll with who's, like, 320. Yeah. And I'm like, every time I roll with him, he just, like, gives me, like, all this pressure and stuff. Oh, dude, pressure sucks. And, and I'm like, I'm like, man, but I'm like, I know, like, he, he bruised my ribs one time. Yeah. With his elbow. And I'm like, like, I know it wasn't on purpose. But if you think it's on purpose, you're going to get mad at the other guy, and it's just going to ruin the training environment. Yeah. Oh, man, dude. Jiu-jitsu pressure is different, especially when you're rolling with big guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's... Head, head pressure, too. Oh, my God. Oh, dude. We had one guy in my gym. He, he put his head right here. He put you like this. Oh, God. <laughs> I have nightmares about it, man. Have you ever done that? Have you done, ever done anything like up against the wall or a cage or anything? I've never done anything against a cage or a wall. I, unfortunately, it's something I actually, I really want to try. I really want to try like sparring just to see what it's like. And even doing work like clinch work, like okay. multi clinch work. I, I've never tried it. So, uh, but it's something I desperately want to try. Yeah. The, um, like a, we did. So like pretty much the way, way my gym is set up, we have 101 classes for striking in jiu-jitsu. So it's just like that's where you go in, you get your work done. There yep. might be a little bit of sparring and rolling, but not much. And then we have – they call it uh, AC, advanced combat. Mm-hmm. So either that's where we do our no-gi or our yep. advanced like, competition jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, a lot of times for no-gi, that's when we really work on our MMA-style jiu-jitsu. Yep. We did this one drill where you did four-minute rounds – where yeah. you either you had your back up against the wall, or you were the guy trying to get a clinch or take somebody down up against the wall. Dude, it's like that is could, tough. It's like you could throw knees, you could throw body shots without gloves for body conditioning, and it's yeah. like that right there. Because like people like they'll start booing when they're up against the wall in the UFC on the cage or something yeah, but like people that. People don't know. <laughs> oh, no, like that is the most tiring part is trying not like honestly, I think it's trying not to get taken down up against the cage. Oh my god. I have a friend, uh, Nick Hand. He's been on the podcast a couple times. He trained MMA a bunch. He's a jujitsu brown belt. He's fucking incredible. But okay. um, he also trained Muay Thai for a couple of years and stuff. He's he he's an incredible athlete. But uh, okay. he was telling me he was like, dude, up against the cage, man. <laughs> you get up against the cage, and then you see it on fighters' faces. You could see it like once you hear about it, and then you look at it, and you see them. They just kind of they're up against the cage and they're holding them because they're, yeah. they're trying to go double leg. And they're just like, oh, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, and even trying to take because like. Some people use the cage as an advantage. Like, I yep. can use the cage as an advantage. Yep. Some people can't. Like, uh, typically guys with higher strength, the cage is their friend. Yeah. I'm stronger than a lot of the guys I train with, so the cage could be my friend. But, like, yep. when you try to take somebody down and they can use the cage to their advantage, and you're just sitting down there with a double leg, yeah, it's... I think the scariest part is honestly trying to get out of that position without catching a knee in the face. Yeah. Oh, you see it happen oh, yeah. a lot. Whenever they exit, oh, yeah. you'll you'll someone will throw a leg, they'll throw they'll throw a high kick or something. A bunch of knockouts come that way. A famous a famous one I think was Rose when she knocked out Michelle Waterson a while yep. back. They came out and she high kicked her. Doink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like get, getting out of any clinch or whatever. But like it's just the cage because you can use the cage to come off with so much pressure. Yeah. We have one guy because like the, we don't actually have like an octagon or anything in our gym. Like we have like a boxing ring, and then we have like one wall is padded, and then wall one wall is cage. Okay, um, I think that's pretty pretty normal. Yeah, like uh, like there's some of the gyms out here that actually have like an octagon and stuff. Yeah, a lot of more, space like, though. Yeah, uh, there, there's not much space in our gym, but it, it works like perfectly because mm-hmm. there's really not that many people that train there. But yeah. and they stack our classes. But we have one dude like um, he came off the clinch and just did a Superman punch 
jumping off the cage like a Showtime punch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like that, that was like just even stuff like that. Like he, he was just messing around laughing. Like he didn't even hit the guy that hard, Yeah. but it was just fun. But it's like thinking about that, man. Like yeah. there's so many options that you can come with getting off the cage. Yeah. Once you learn how to use it, you watch uh, it's so tiring. Yeah. Do you listen to Rogan at all? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a big proponent of that. They need to get rid of it somehow or yeah. not, not like actively. It's something that he's talked about because it's really, if you're good at being on the cage, it's a tool. Oh Yeah. Like it's something that you can absolutely use to your advantage, like you're saying. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Oh man, dude, <sighs> man. Right, so, how how did you decide that you were going to be competing? Um. Well, I've been wanting to do jujitsu competitions for a while, but like I said, my injury. So, like, my biggest injury was I dislocated my hip uh, how, in Syria, how'd that and then it, it popped right back in. Uh, I got like kind of thrown it i'm not really gonna get into that okay never nothing, mind then. No, nothing that big it yeah. just popped out popped back in Jeez. um but then it was an issue i had uh had to go to physical therapy for it all that mm-hmm. um and then like i'm like all right because i was supposed to compete a couple days ago in pittsburgh of course that didn't happen they moved it to august but yep. like i was thinking about it i'm like i started watching the videos of the uh just the amateur fighters this uh event called it's 24 7 fighting championships i believe in pittsburgh yep. mm-hmm. um that's like the big event out here. And I was watching some of the amateur fighters and I'm like, I'm like, I I'm like, I think I could at least like compete with these guys. And I'm like, you, yeah. know, you know, that that's something I want to do. I want to test, like, I want to test how well I'm trained without getting in a street fight type of thing. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> it's definitely better. Yeah. And I'm like, cause for me, it's about the sport. Like I'm not, I'm not fighting like for money or anything like that. Like no. I, I want I just want to go try it and just like see what it is. And like in mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, um, at least, I think it's for your first three fights. You have to wear shin guards. You wear MMA sparring gloves. You can't okay. head kick. There's like certain strikes you can't do. Oh, so interesting. Like they, they make it safer for people who just want to try it and who yeah. aren't going to try to do it. Because like a lot oh. of a lot of dudes who like try amateur, they're like, I want to go professional. So they do a couple of amateur fights and then they go pro. Yeah. But like a lot of amateur, it's just it's guys who've been training and they just they just like doing it as a sport, yeah. not like fighting. I never and thought like, about that. I'm like, yeah, like that, that's that's kind of what I want to do. Of course, it's still going to be a fight. Like, I'm going to get hit in the face. I can get elbowed, like hard yeah. kicks, like all that stuff. But like, that's the way I'd want to do it. Because like, there, there's some guys who just go straight pro without yeah. doing amateur fights. And I'm like, that that's insane. <laughs> well, there's a, like, there's a you're talking about an insane breed. <laughs> you yeah, know? Like, like they they get in that and they're straight on like doing yeah. all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm not ready for that. Yeah. Like. Especially because with like the level that I've been training, like yeah, like I train a decent amount. A lot of it's on my own, but like there's still so much I don't know. Because like yeah. the way I work, I don't. I think this is a lot from the military. I don't like going to anything unprepared. Oh, I I imagine <laughs> I imagine yeah, like, that comes from the military. <laughs> like I'm like I'm like because the the Marine Corps fighting mentality is you're not gonna go get outnumbered in a fight. You're gonna fight three to one if you can. Yeah. Like. And that, that's what I want to do. I want to go, like, if I'm going to go into an amateur or professional fight or something like that, I want to make sure I have all the tools that I have to win. Yeah. Now, like, if you watch, like, some of the guys in the UFC, they're, like, they just get the crap kicked out of them because they're not prepared. Like, the other guy just makes so yeah. much more stuff. Like, if you see, like, a, a well-rounded guy you knows some stuff on the ground or whatever, especially, like, guys in, like, their first couple of fights are going up against, like, a jiu-jitsu black belt and they get choked out in the first round. It's like, yeah. Oh, did you they, expect they yeah, like, like that's exact. Like, I want to be like at least at the level of the guys that I'm going to be fighting with. Oh, that makes so that, sense. Yeah, that's why I'm like, yeah, like I'll give it a year. Like, 
I'll be 26, 27, whatever. Like, yeah. that's not that big a deal. Like, yeah. I'm not trying to, like, go be UFC championship or something yeah. like that. Like, you're you're like, doing I'm, it for fun. I'm just trying to compete. Like, that's it. Yeah. You want, you want, you want to do some fighting. You like, you want to, yeah. you want to see how it goes and everything. Yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. Mm. Oh man, dude. I, I want to come out in a year. I'll still be here. Let me know, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, I definitely let you know once I get it lined up or whatever, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. And they're, um, and so amateur, are they like, you won't get paid or anything, right? Or... Nope. I don't, I don't think you get any payment technical. I, yeah I, there's like some rules like so technically because it's amateur you cannot get paid yeah but i think you can get paid through sponsorship mm-hmm. or at least you can like get free stuff like oh, okay um, oh okay one, one of the things like uh, i'm restructuring my instagram and stuff right now so yeah. so it's more geared towards mma my buddy made like a straight like jujitsu and mma page because he competed in oklahoma yeah and stuff like that because you can get like sponsors even just for jujitsu you can get sponsors and yeah. like just like stuff like that. And I'm like, hey, you know, that's kind of cool. Like I'm not going to be a professional fighter, but like even just having stuff like that, like people will send you gear, yeah. like supplements and stuff. Like I'm like, yeah, like that, that's cool. Like, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I just started getting, and the podcast must be growing because I just started getting offers for stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a ton of stuff, but you know, offers is, I mean, it's exciting. It's exciting. <laughs> well, well, like actually like how I remembered, um, that you did the podcast. Like I always see your podcasting or whatever. I'm like, oh yeah, it's Lucas's podcast. But I was on uh, I was on Spotify, and it, you showed up in my suggested thing on Spotify. I think it was. Let's fucking go Spotify. <laughs> I, I was like, it's like, why is it on my suggest? I'm like, I didn't know it was on Spotify or anything. Cause like, I haven't really like, I listen to World War One podcast. That's really it. Like, I you like Dan to- Carlin. Uh, I don't think I've heard of him. Dan Carlin, Hardcore History. I I haven't done that one. I've I've heard of it. But... George, you'll love it. George, you'll love it. All right, yeah, I'll, I'll check that. Out. They're fucking eight hours long, man. I listened to his whole World War One thing. It's amazing. You gotta listen. Oh, jeez, dude. It I, was... I think I think the one I listen to is just History of the Great War, and it's yeah. like he does an episode every week since like 2014. Oh my god, that's yeah. amazing too. Yeah, history of the Great it, War. I'll check it out. Well, because uh, I don't know if you said, uh, I do World War One reenacting now. Yeah, yeah. I remember so you I, used to. Did you do Civil War reenacting before? Right. I yeah, I do. I do Civil War still sometimes. My my dad moved down to Virginia and he works for the Shenandoah Valley Battlefield Foundation. Oh, nice. So he, work, he works preserving battlefields and stuff. So like I, I do a couple of like I'm not really into as much. They don't really do the big battles or anything much anymore. Yeah. Um, because uh, the 150th anniversaries were when we were when we were in high school. Okay. Like my first couple of years in the Marines, and then after that, it really slowed down. Yeah. So now um, I do artillery, so we shoot cannons and we teach about them. We do displays like uh, that's awesome. July July 10th through 12th uh, this year. We're gonna be at Lee's headquarters in Gettysburg shooting cannons. We I think they've done it the past three years in Gettysburg. And, that's a uh, yep. July 10th through 12th. Remind me. Okay. Yeah. Like um. Yeah, we just go we and we do displays and we explain what they are. I think we do Confederate artillery there, and okay. that just it's nothing political for me. I don't care. It's just history. Yeah, like, no, yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah, but, um, a, a lot of like we, we had protesters show up to us last year. Yeah, but, uh, mm-hmm. but we're like, oh, and uh, like I talked to them. I get it, guys. None of us here are actually Confederates. This is just for history. Like, yeah. Um, like we, most of us are from there, the north. We're we're reenacting the war. There there were two sides. It's unfortunate that one of these sides was, you know. The definition of racism, but yeah, yeah. It, we're not that now, you know. I, I get it. It's it's unfortunate, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and like, like to me, like it's just about preserving history. Like, there, there's guys who do World War II who do yeah. SS units and stuff like that. Like, yeah. I know some of them, and they're they're not Nazis. Yeah. Like, like one of them is like, like one of the coolest guys I've ever met. He's like 18 or 19. I do British World War One with mm-hmm. him, and he's in an SS German reenacting group. And yeah. he's like, he's like, I hate some of the guys in there because some of them are pretty weird like that but he's like most of the guys aren't like that they're just like we want to recreate history in the most accurate way possible Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah yeah and like that that's what that's what we do with civil war we just try to make it accurate so you could see the kind of stuff that was there because there used to be a hotel where we shoot the cans but they knocked it down and it's uh robert e lee's headquarters they like rebuilt the building and then there was actually confederate artillery there during the battle so we have the cannons yeah. that are on the spot where they were shooting. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So like, so like that, like that's something that like, I love doing stuff like that because yeah. that's, that is where they were shooting, shooting in the same direction at like, like, yeah. of course we're not shooting actual like projectiles, but like yeah. we're shooting gunpowder out of cannons. And some of them are the same type that would have been there. Yeah. So it's it, like that kind of stuff is cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not like a man. It, it's, it's weird. It's a weird time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, I, I, I totally, I actually totally understand, you know, like where they're coming from and everything. Yeah. Like, I, I get it. But I, I also want to, I, I wish the the whole world was at a point where we can, we can, it's kind of like where World War II is now almost. I think, well, for me at least, right? Like, I'm not attached to World War II or anything. Let's use that as an example. That's a better talking one. <laughs> okay. World War II is like, um, uh, you can look at it and go, hey, like this battle happened here, this battle happened here. And then you can look at like the history of it, which is, which is like it seems people aren't as charged about world war ii now you know well we're, we're, at least in america really any war but the civil war like the yeah. indian wars like you're really not going to see that as much yeah at and least I, in america other places yeah but like and i i get where it come from because i get where they come from because trust me i do not want to support anything <laughs> that's like <laughs> i'm not i'm not out here to be supporting racism and everything you know yeah like the, I'm, I'm the same way like I'm, yeah that's i'm a very like think about it, I'm, I'm an apolitical person i'm opinionated yeah. on a couple things but it's like Same. i'm more like just do what you want to do just i'm tired of all the hate man like everybody <laughs> Dude, george shivey man coming out here with the words it, eventually it just got to him i'm tired of all the hate <laughs> yeah like like that's like i i was out there like with isis and stuff man and just yeah. like seeing the stuff that they did like i'm i'm sick of all that stuff like and like yeah. the fact that like similar stuff can happen here it's like man like it's one so... of the things that we like everybody in the military talks about like we're fighting for freedom and stuff like that we're fighting for peace and then you come home and it's just as bad as anywhere else you go it's like really like <laughs> everybody needs to be able to talk about stuff and but yeah. no, like with all the issues that are going on right now everybody's going to forget about this in a couple of weeks it's just going to mm. go to the back of their head and nothing's going to change and yeah. that's the issue that that is that is a big issue that is a big issue it, it's man but I, I like I don't even know how you would approach like trying to solve an issue like that. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, like that's not my job to solve that. All we can do is vote and talk about issues. Yeah, like, like voting. That's, like voting seems to be the way. You know, and it yeah. just seems that no one's been when it comes to like a big issue. Like let's say let's even take the presidential election or something. Right? Let's yeah. say you have a bunch of people that believe in what this candidate wants. Right. But then you have a bunch of people that don't vote for that candidate. You know, they don't go and vote, right? Because what is it? Only like 30% of the people vote in the country, right? Yeah. Something, something like, like that. Only 30% of the people in the country vote. That 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 seems to be like there hasn't been anyone who's been able to mobilize all the voters, right? 
that that's that seems to be what's missing. And I, I don't know, maybe maybe we're almost there where someone's going to say, hey, look, this needs to change. Because let's say let's say people are worried like this issue going on now with like racism and everything. Right. Right. Which is yeah. it's a terrible, awful thing. It, like what happened, you know, like if this is something that is really like that people are really concerned about, hopefully it gets them out voting because that's you have the power, you know, like to go and and change your your like local and everything like that. But, yeah, but like even with voting, like you can vote somebody in the office, and then they're kind of like their hands are tied with what they can do. Yeah, a lot of the times, but most people aren't communicating what is actually wanted to their officials. Like you can look yeah. and like, like uh, let's look at California for example. Yeah, there's some places in Northern California where typically a lot of the people I met were very, very conservative, very like open about guns and stuff. Like mainly Northern California. But their entire districts were mainly Democrat. Oh, so like that—that's the thing. Like, and they couldn't get their opinions heard because most of their districts. So pretty much, it's mm-hmm. of course they're going to go with the majority. But then every minority, like whether it be race or whatever, it's not getting their voice heard. Yeah, and that's one of the problems politically is if you are not in a position of power, whether yeah. it be with like that's true, that's just true. wherever you are, like where if you're not living where the majority like is like at least politically you're not really gonna get anything done yeah um and that that is a problem especially with a two-party system oh bro (laughs) bro (laughs) two-party system oh my god (laughs) oh man it's also like having uh i love the i love when people i think it was rogan he makes that joke about the president like this is dumb (laughs) this is how do we still have a president like yeah. <laughs> that shit was made up when people wrote with feathers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's weird. I mean, it is the, but what's crazy is that America is the longest standing democracy in history. Yeah. And like the th- the thing with that is, it's just because we are, we're kind of the experiment for it. We're the so most like, successful experiment. Yeah. And we still yeah, have our like, problems. Yeah. And like, that's the thing, like things keep getting worse, but like, I I do like the saying that things have to get worse before they get better. Yeah. So especially like with the race issues right now, like, and people are complaining about the rioting and the looting and stuff. And yeah, yeah, some things aren't done the way that people would agree with. And everybody's going to have their opinions. Yeah. But something's got to be done about the entire system between police. Like, like, like something has to be done. And like, people are talking about like uprooting the entire system. And like, there's gotta be a way to peace peacefully figure this out before yeah. things get worse because mm-hmm. yeah. right now like everything's at a boiling point man oh <laughs> dude like, everything is do they just shut down philadelphia <laughs> yeah like it it's crazy it's scary it's a scary time but like man i don't want to get too much into it man it's, it's yeah sad. No, i, it's I, so I agree sad. with you <laughs> it, like, i haven't even i haven't even watched the video man it's so sad like i don't even want to get into it you know yeah yeah like it's I don't know. It just, it, it hits me here, you know, I can't even yeah. imagine it, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. In other news, <laughs> in other news, well, uh, how's, uh, how's ever, how's, how's being married? How's been, uh, how's the, uh, how's buying a house? How's that going? Both, both are great. <laughs> um, shameless transition. <laughs> um, so yeah, with, Megan and I, like, you know, went to high school together. We got married after my second deployment. Yeah, uh, she moved out to Cal- Thank you. Uh, she moved out uh, to California with me. Uh, she came home while I was deployed and then moved mm-hmm. out, back out with me. But, yeah, she just got her master's from Pitt. She had mm-hmm. her um, 
bachelor shrimp pit as well, so we went back out here. And then um, we've been renting, but we didn't really know if we were going to settle here, move to Central PA, whatever. I was thinking about doing what was called military contracting. I don't know if you've ever heard of what that is. It's pretty much you do a military job for a lot more money. You work okay. for private companies. Oh, um, okay. I kind of decided against it. So pretty much um, I was in school, signed up for my second year, so it was last summer, um, last August. We just moved out to Greensburg because I was going to one of the sub-campuses, pick Greensburg out here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get a call, just a random call from a guy that I served with, hadn't talked or seen him in five years. Yeah. He's like, hey, man, do you live in Pittsburgh? I'm like, why? He's like, do you want a job? I'm like, doing what? And he's like, private security. So pretty much some guys that I served with, one of them who was in charge of me, I can't really give too much details. Yeah, it, that's fine. it was private, private security, but pretty much he started his own private security company. And a couple of the guys that I served and deployed with are actually on my executive protection team. Okay. So he found my name on a stack of resumes because I applied to this company and was looking for part-time jobs before. Yeah. And just instantly offered me a full-time job. Wow. So, yep. And I'm like, I dropped out of school two days later. Um, went out to California for two weeks to do uh, training. Training. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, I went to a full executive protection school, you know, had to go through all the stuff, got shot by a bunch of paintball bullets, got bit by an attack dog, <laughs> all that stuff. Like, yeah. And yeah, then I, I've been working uh, full time there since uh, I think the first week of September. Yeah. How do you enjoy it? It's good, man. Um, it, it's interesting because like I, I work with very, very like wealthy people, and yeah. it's it's not what I would expect. Yeah. Like you expect them to be very like condescending enough, but they're like the nicest, some of the nicest people I've ever met. Yeah. <laughs> and it's 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 just different. Like yeah. not not what I expected, but yeah. Um, but that that gave us the opportunity to uh. We uh we put in an offer and they accepted it on the house so we're we're like in the in the closing process right now, mm-hmm. oh, man. which is, is exciting which is, or nerve wracking. Yeah, both. Because um, yeah. like so we started the process before the whole COVID thing, but uh, everything got shut down, so we weren't able to tour houses, put in offers, get inspections done, or anything. Yeah. Oh, so, that makes sense. And, yeah. and my lease is up on uh, July first, and our closing date is June twenty sixth. So like we just got this. Yeah. Like in, Fuck in yeah. time. Cause otherwise we would have had to like extend our lease, rent, go rent somewhere else. or like yeah. go stay at a friend's house until we could close. Cause like we, what we were hoping to do was like have a house by June 1st. So we could have a month to kind of move in, set everything up, build yeah. a fence. Cause uh, we, we have a German shepherd. Yeah. So nice. like, we just got a new one. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah ours. He, uh, he still has floppy ears. His ears like grew too fast. Oh my God, dude. How, wait, so how old a, is he? Uh, three. He's an 85-pound shepherd with floppy ears. <laughs> he, wait, he has floppy ears? Yep. Dude. <laughs> yeah, his, his, like, his ears grew way too fast, and they stuck up immediately, but yeah. they grew too fast for him, so then they folded down. The cartilage wasn't strong enough. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, ours... Hold on. I'm going to see if I have a picture, but that's adorable. I love... Oh, ours is... What's your What's yours name? You're going to love this. Panzer. Panzer, I love it. <laughs> ours is uh, ours is Conan. Oh, that's awesome. I don't know if you can see it. Uh, I can't. I'll have to send you a picture, dude. He okay. is. We uh, is yours purebred? Uh, well, he's not like registered or anything. We just got him off a of family, but nice. they. He he seems to be. He doesn't seem to be mixed with anything. So, yeah. not to be all high and mighty, but <laughs> ours is a purebred from an AKC line. Whoa! <laughs> now my we 
my dad's had, I don't know if you've known, but my dad's had German Shepherds his whole life. So he always goes like super purebred and my dad's a vet. So he knows like the right people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. They're, they're the best dogs. Oh, definitely. He's, he's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) They're smart. Oh, he's insanely smart. But like, he also, he knows how to act stupid to get what he wants. Like, like that's, that's the thing that he said, like we, uh, we had him house trained in a day and a half. Yeah. Uh, cause like what my wife did, she hung up, like it was like a piece of yarn or a string, um, and then tied bells to it. Yeah. And then we just rung it every time. And now like he rings a bell or like, he'll just like hit the Dude, door. Dude, R does the same thing. Out. Yeah. It's, it's so amazing. Like, I'm like. Because I had a, a yellow yellow labs and huskies growing up. Yeah. And like they're smart dogs, but they're a nightmare to train a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. But him, it was just so easy. Yeah. Like so easy. They're dude. They're so smart that they just like they look at you and you tell them to do something, and sometimes they just go, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also, also with my like, I could tell him to go get a certain toy, and yeah. he'll go grab me that toy. That's crazy. That's nice. Like Dude. sometimes it sometimes it doesn't work because like he remembers like a couple other names like he's obsessed like with this like he has this like stuffed pig like one of the tough toys or whatever yeah and it, its name is Piggy and he is obsessed with it <laughs> so we got him a new one yeah but he has no interest in it he wants his old one that's like destroyed resewn yeah. like four times yeah. <laughs> but I can be, I could be like he can be like all excited I'll be like go get Piggy and he'll go grab the pig and come back <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny dude oh man. Dude, ours is, he's so smart. It's crazy. Literally, I'll tell him, I'll, I'll go sit. I'll try and teach him something, and then he'll sit. He, he Dude, he learned sit in 30 seconds. Like, Really? I was like, sit. This is sit. You do it a couple times. He's like, all right, cool. I got it. And so now I'll tell him, and I'll like tell him to do stuff, and I'll tell him to sit, and he'll just look at me. He'll be like, bro, you had me sit 30 seconds ago. Like, what are you talking about? You want me to sit again? <laughs> Yeah, it's like he's like I know what you're saying, but this is stupid. Yeah, this is this is crazy. And they have those. Does does yours have the shepherd eyes where they're always like, they're always looking at everything? Oh yeah, yeah, dude, I love the shepherd eyes. They're so funny. They're always like they're always like turned and they're always like, what's going on? Oh yeah, he he is so attached to my wife. Like especially because like we got him when I was in yeah the military so like i was always out training and stuff so he is like very very attached to her like oh i'm sure oh like he follows her everywhere like that, that's where he is right now he's with her <laughs> yeah. um that's how that's like, how they it's, are it's it's funny like uh i got back from my last appointment and we were walking in california i could walk or run with him and he does not care about anything else yeah but the minute that my wife is out there another dog walks by and he's like all hackled up aggressive or like defensive, <laughs> not aggressive, but he's like, I got to defend my mom. And he like anything else. He's like, all right, dad, you got it. Yeah. Like <laughs> you, you got this. Yeah. I'm on <laughs> like, watch 24 seven. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, dude, that's hilarious. I'm glad to hear that. That's all going well, man. Thanks man. Oh man. Well, we've been going for almost two hours now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to keep going or how you feeling? Hey, that, that's up to you, man. Yeah, I mean, we can always keep going. I want to. I, I gotta ask you about this. You know what? We'll we'll close out with this, George. I gotta okay. ask you about this. This is a flashback. Put yourself back in high school. All right. Me, you, reading some books. Night Angel trilogy. You had to know the shit was coming. I know you've been through the military, George. I know that you are a grown man. You still play Assassin's Creed. It's, yeah. So I figured I'd bring it up. Night Angel Trilogy. What do you think? I, I still have them on my phone. 
I read them. I had them on Google Play Books since after my first appointment, and I read them the entire time. I had the paperback books on my first appointment, but uh, we had to destroy a lot of stuff, and it was just some of the stuff that had to get destroyed. Yeah. So, because um, they they were all the books were considered documents. Yep. But yeah, so I, I, I still read them. I will occasionally piece through them when I'm at work, and I, uh, I know they did. Um, crap, what's the name of the first one? I don't know why I'm blanking on the first one. The Way of Shadows. Yeah, that they did like they did like the uh, the graphic novel version of that or whatever. Yeah, I have that too. How was like, that? Oh, that's it's pretty good. Like, yeah, they they skip some stuff, of course. Like, it's yeah. a lot shorter, but it, it it's cool though because it ge- it gives you like you know how you picture yeah like the characters look and stuff, and it just kind of changes it to like that graphic novel way. So it kind of almost like takes away like the dude. Like, I'm, I'm, I haven't looked. That's why I haven't looked. I'm too afraid to change a picture in my head. <laughs> Dude, that, that's how I was too. But I'm like, all right, I gotta do it. And like, yeah. it it is it is cool. Though. Like, it's shorter and they skip some things. Yeah. But it's it is pretty cool though. Like, it gives it because like I never really pictured it as like as much of like the because it's a graphic novel, but almost yeah. in like the like the manga like style like yep. drawing and stuff like that. I never really pictured it like that when I pictured like the swords and stuff. But that's how it is. Yeah. Interesting. That's pretty fascinating. Because, so, like, like, you know, you know the sword retribution. Of course, you know that. Like, yes, I pictured course, that to be like dude. a big, like halberd sword with like different edges and like scary looking. Yeah. But it's, uh, if I remember correctly, it's like a katana, just a black katana. Oh, huh. I always pictured it as big, like a big two-handed sword type thing, like a great sword. Yeah. That's how like, I. Could, oh, that's fascinating. They decided to do a katana. Yeah, if I remember correctly, it's a katana. But like most of it, like it, look, a lot of it's like uh, Oriental type weaponry. Yeah, because I mean, dude. He, there's those severed people with that thing and pin yeah. them, pin them to things. So I always pictured big ass fucking sword. <laughs> yeah. Like that's what I pictured too. Like if I, if I remember, like it's been, it's been a couple of years since I looked at it, but yeah, that's yeah. dude. I'm coming up on my, uh, it's been a little bit, but it's, it's almost a year or so. I'm coming up on my yearly reading. I read it like once a year now. I might, I might have to get in on that too. Yeah. I'd, yeah. Dude, I was always hoping that he was going to keep going, like or like do something with it, because then they also did the uh, the prequel, right? Yeah, with Durzo. Yeah, I, I have that too. Dude, that's so good. It it's is. So, dude, I, how like, about when he's climbing up in the beginning? Oh uh, my god! No, dude, I love when he's climbing up the beginning. Oh, dude, th- you know what's so sick about Night Angel trilogy is the, the the fucking how he describes things about how they're doing the assassinations. It's so in detail. Like you feel like you can feel their anxiety. I know. Dude, like, how about when Kyler discovers what he can do with the Kakari and then he starts climbing up and he's innovating? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> like like that's the thing that Brent Weeks does so well and really anything cuz like I I I looked through a couple of his books but I never really got into them as much. I read the other I, ones but I wasn't as into them. Yeah. Well, I've got Night Angel Soldiers. I think it's one of the, some of the best books I've ever read. Like it's Dude. it's always the one that I just go back to but like you can feel whatever energy the characters are feeling. And then like, if there's like tenseness in the conversation, he communicates that so well without oh God, saying yeah. that there's tenseness. Yeah. It's, it's so wild, man. It's so, it's such a good, it's such a good series. How about the reveal at the end of chapter one or no, at the end of book one, how about the reveal at the end of book one? And then at the end of book two, after the big battle in book one, sorry, the reveal at the end of book two. Oh my god, yeah. Dude, I, I was like dude, I was cuz you know, he, he was my favorite character. Yeah. So I was like I was so sad like in here. I can't I, I, say anything I, for the spoilers, dude, cuz everyone should read this book. And you know what? Fuck it, dude. Spoiler alert. 
Spoiler alert right now. If you guys are listening and you want to read Night Angel Trilogy, one of my favorite books, mine and George's favorite books of all time. Spoiler alert. Derzo dies. He dies. I said it. There you go. If you listened this far, I just ruined it for you. And you, do, you didn't want to get this far. You don't want to ruin this to yourself. And then on top of that, he comes back to life. If you're still listening, stop listening and read. As more of a badass than he was before. I know. Oh my god. No, because then he then he could be um then he can be his true self. Yep. Asalius, right? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Oh my god. What how about when he restructures his bones and he can fly? Yeah, that that was I remember reading that and that took me like three times to actually like like I read that page like three or four times to actually understand like what he did. Yeah. And then how about because when I'm, he comes down and he goes, Yeah, it'll it'll take you a couple centuries to, you know, get that get that done. <laughs> he like I just love like he's like the most emotionless character. Yeah. And it's just the best because he has he he brings the humor to that book. I know. He's but a savage. In the, dry, in the driest way possible. <laughs> I know. Oh my god, man. He really is the he's such a cool character. Just yeah, what he, he represents to Kyler. And then when he comes back and how, how much he changes, like when he, when he doesn't have to be Durzo anymore. Yeah. Like when he smiles. Yeah. And then he can actually <laughs> teach. Kyler's like what? <laughs> dude. How about when dude? Oh my God. How about the pock marks that he has from fighting the wolf? Yeah. Oh my God, dude. He's part of history. He's yeah. part, he's part of history in that book. It's crazy. Which like, I, I, keep hoping that like um because i know brent weeks was like talking with different people about like getting a mini series made or yeah. something like that but I, I think it kept falling through yep because i think he wanted because i think he's seen like how game of thrones and stuff happened like yeah. where he or like he lost like the creative part and like i don't think he wa- i think he wants to be like in charge of how it's yep. made mm-hmm. because like you you cannot do that trilogy with movies no, it has, no, 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 it has, no, no, no. you dude, have to do much, like a much, full man. series or like a mini series, dude. It's not. It's it's like it's not even that they're. It's not even that it's like Game of Thrones where you have five fucking books and it's like super dense with material. It's just like the way that you would have to make the characters interact with each other would take so long to to convey the feelings that you're getting while it's happening. All the training that he goes through and everything in book one. You can't just, you can't do that to me in 30 minutes. You can't do it to me. Yeah. And the, the other thing is like game of Thrones, you can skip major parks parts or make stuff up. Yeah. You cannot, you cannot with the night. Cause no. everything is so like a detailed and like every, every interaction matters. Yeah. Dude, I was back in the day, not going to lie. I went on the wiki, right? Okay. I went on the night angel. Tr- let, let me, let me hit you with a little story here. I went on the night angel trilogy wiki. I went into V's backstory. I was reading the backstory and someone wrote two sentences for this one section. I had to go in there. I wrote a paragraph and a half, deleted the two sentences, put it in there and left a comment was like, yeah, this is all wrong. I was so salty, dude. (laughs) So salty. (laughs) I was like, no, 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 no. Uh -uh. We're not living this. We're not, we're not living this way. (laughs) Especially because like, she doesn't seem like she's going to be a big character, but she becomes like one of the Honestly, I think one of the most pivotal characters in the entire series. Oh my god, she's one of my favorite characters. And then the way her and Kyler's relationship at the end develops. Yeah, she evolves so much. Like Kyler, like he, like it's supposed to be about like his, like you know, changing and stuff like that. But frankly, he does not change that much. No, he, he just he, like he's always been the same. It's he goes through a rough patch, you know. Yeah, he's always been he's the good guy, you know, but he he had this rough period. Oh, my God, dude, I'm going to read these books again tonight. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> They're so good. It's wild. 
I, I, yeah. I, I, I'm no joke. I read that. Th- I've read it over 30 times. Yeah. I don't think I've hit quite your numbers yet. Well, but... remember in, dude, in high school, it was the only book I read. Yeah. I would but read I'm... it over and over and over again. I would stay up till 4am, like multiple nights in a row, just reading those books. I would finish. And then I would literally the next night I would pick it up and I would start reading again. Well, I remember cause uh, you, you gave me, you're like, dude, you gotta read. Cause I was reading like Aragon or something like that. And yeah. you're like, you need to read this. And I'm like, okay. And you, you gave me the way of shadows. Dude, like, I still tomorrow. have that copy. I still have yeah. that copy. And like, I remember like, I got like two days into reading it and you're like, Hey, I want to read that again. Are you ready? I'm like, Oh no. And then I remember I finished it that night <laughs> and, I'm, and then you, we just like, and then like two days later I bought the trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad dude. You got me. I still have the German copy. You got me. Yeah. Of course I have that, man. I keep it. It's in, it's, I have a little session. I have a little section of prized book section. I keep my night angel trilogy books there and I keep my Lord of the Rings stuff there. Well, that's yeah. I got that for you when I went to Germany. Yeah, yeah. I remember, dude. I still have yeah. it. Of course, that's man. awesome. <laughs> yeah, I fucking love that. It's nice. It's pristine. It's good. Because well, I was like walking around, and I'm like, "There's no way that they have this." And I'm like, "Oh der my Wegen god!" Schachten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god! What was your What was your favorite book? Honestly, I think I think it is the Way of Shadows. The Way of Shadows. I love I love his come up. Yeah, and like like honestly, I I love Durzar doing. Durzo during that like i think I he like he does like he's more badass than the other books i mean he but he's like, more badass than the other books but like let's be real we're talking about high point wet boy Durzo. like that is like yeah. i don't know i think he's like he's peaking in the books at that point you know what i mean i want to see i want him to go back and write more Durzo missions well yeah and that like the other thing that was great for me is because like i said with like being able to like feel their emotions and stuff you can feel from like half the book on, like pretty much once like Durzo's like, I'm going to have to kill Kyler. Oh my like God. Like that type of thing. You can feel the chaos through the rest of it. Oh yeah. It's, it's literally snap chaotic. As soon as they, as soon as they, uh, as soon as they get on the Jadwin estate. Yes. Oh my God. As soon as they do that, it is so hectic from then honestly on from then on. Yeah, and you just get like this tightness in your chest when you're reading it, but you can't put it down. You're like, oh my God, yeah. like what's going to happen next? And like still every time I'm like, I know what's going to happen next, but I just feel it. I know. It, it, literally, I get the same exact feeling. Whenever I'm reading it, I know exactly what's going to happen. Trust me. I've read this book fucking 30 times. I know what's going to happen <laughs> next. It's not like I forgot, okay? But every time I read it, I still get the same feelings where I'm like, oh my God, dude, I can't wait. This is so exciting. It's crazy. And then how about when Kalidor invades? Yeah, that was like, because they they kind of allude to it as it goes on. But like, you don't like, I expected that to be in the second book or something like that. And then, you know, Rat Roth still being alive. Oh my God, dude. Like that, that. How about when he pulls up his hair? Yeah, that that's what got me. I was like, "Oh my god!" Because it's a I remember, because I remember, like, uh, it was like that day we were like, "Hey, like, uh, I I want to read that," and I'm like, "All right, I'll finish it tonight." And you're like, "You're like, how how do you feel about Roth?" I'm like, "I don't know. It just seems kind of weird because all I was thinking was that was the same Roth from when they were kids." And I'm yeah. like, "I'm like, I don't know how he grew up to be that." Yeah. And then, and then the next day, I just like I remember I'm like, "Fuck rat, fuck Roth." What the hell, man? <laughs> I know, dude. Oh my god, dude! And how about um, when Neftada? Yeah, he, when he, he his ear got cut off, and the way he punished him is he burns his other ear off. Yeah. Oh my 
God, man. It's it's so visceral. He's just yeah. like, and, and Rat, Rat's sitting there. He's going, yeah, this was punishment, but now I'm going to kill you. Yeah. I'm a I'm a I'm a meister of the thirteenth order. Like I I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and just that fight that fight too, like Oh, so many emotions things. in that fight. But yeah, but the big thing with Kyler is he is so sloppy in and everything, really in everything in the way of shadows. Yeah. So like the way that I imagine the fight is that he is just doing it's just nothing but sheer violence and grit, which yeah. is just such an illusion to his growth. Because yeah. he becomes so like, oh, Sh- Shadow's Edge. He's just like, oh my god, he is so clean with everything he does. Yeah, he almost he, he starts the the Durzo training starts to come through. Yeah, because I think it. I, I think that is like kind of symbolism. He's like, all right, well, my master is either like dead or trying to kill me. I don't have a master, so he kind of like almost like he didn't forget everything. Yeah, but he emotionally just lost at that point. Yeah. But oh then, but he like got that back, and like he's almost becoming Durzo. I know, right? Oh yeah. my god! How about the the bat, dude? I went back and read it, and now that I'm an older man, now I'm a man, right? <laughs> I read back, dude. Eileen was going to sleep with him. Oh yeah, I I didn't realize that until until I read it back when I was older, and I was like, oh my god, they were they're gonna bang, dude, and then. <laughs> And then he drops the. He has to piss like a warhorse comment, dude. Yeah, that would have changed. <laughs> think about, about think that. about how different history would have been for Kyler if they had banged in that moment. Yeah, he, he would have chilled out a little bit. Uh, yeah, he would have chilled, dude. He was, dude. He was so angsty. With dude, he was so horny, angsty. It was crazy. It's probably why we like that stuff as <laughs> when we were teenagers. I know. Man. I was like, I feel, I feel you, Kyler. I got I don't you. Know what you're going through right oh, now. I mean, I totally resonated with Kyler as a character. That's what oh, part yeah. of the reason I read it so much was I was like, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel what what's going on, you know. And I loved the, uh, you know, what I loved the most was I loved the training. I thought it was so badass. I was like, I want to train like that. Yeah, like the the other good thing about the entire trilogy, there is a character for everybody to identify with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like like different age groups, different like mentalities. Oh, man, like you, got, every, you have Mama like, K. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh my. Oh, you know what just got, dude? How about like, dude, Logan Geyer? How are we not talking about Logan? Oh my God. What a character! Yeah, oh my God. Oh my God, dude. When he has to go in the pit, dude, that was br- like that was like the the entire second book. He was in the pit, right? Yes, dude. That was a yeah. If you guys have not read, you're you're talking like brutal brutal writing and oh my god i just every time i read that every time i would read that i'm not kidding i would be like oh my god this no, is horrible we're, we're spoiling a lot right now maybe we should save the rest of this for Bro. next time we're, we're, we both read let's both read it again oh and then fuck we'll yes george i'm down it. i'm down i'm already <laughs> locking you in dude <laughs> i do a book show this is fucking this is what i've been asking for someone to do way of shadows with me dude <laughs> Yeah, i'll read up on them we'll, we'll talk about it we'll figure out what we want to talk dude, about dude let's yeah. okay how about this how about this? We'll figure it out. We'll message. We could do like half the way of shadows reconvene to a podcast, or we can do one full book reconvene to a podcast. We'll figure it out. I'm right, fucking man. down, George. Yeah, you, you, you speaking to my heart, dude. I've been. I don't know if you know, but I do a book show called Tome Time. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. So it's fantasy books, man. It's fantasy books. Okay. So of course, of course, I, I still fantasy resonates very deeply with me, but um, dude. Every time I've been telling Andre for fucking years, you, 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 if you want to read a fantasy book, you got to read this book, The Way of Shadows. 
He's never read it. <laughs> Honestly, ar- arguably like the best complete fantasy books ever. Like, like it doesn't have like a like all the, like as really it doesn't have the crazy monsters and stuff that you see in a lot of them. Like there, yeah. there's some of there's some of that, yeah. but it's it's not like. I think that's the one part that's missing for a lot of readers because when they think of fantasy, they think of like dragons and all that yeah. stuff. But it's got everything else in. Oh my god! Oh my god. Well, there is a dragon in. There is a dragon yeah. in it. Yeah, dude. There is so much un. Okay, you know I'm gonna save the rest. But the last thing I have to say is there's so much fucking untapped potential in that goddamn book. Yeah, there's so much lore that I need to know. Okay, I need to know what happened in the three thousand fucking years. After Asalia. Okay, I need to know what happened at that time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I need to know what happens after. I need to know what happens when they when the whole city thing happens. I need to know. All right. <laughs> yeah. I agree, man. Oh my god. That that you you don't understand. It, it's been for years, man. Every single time I pick up those books, I'm like, Brent, Brent, my, my, my man, my man. I gotta sit him down. I might have to break your kneecaps, but like <laughs> I know, I know you want to work on this other book, and look, I listen, I know it's been a while, but, you know, there's this other series. I don't know if you read it. Yeah, the well, let's, trilogy. Let's, go, let's go back to that. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's get back. Yeah, let's, let's bring it back here, Brent. Let's bring it back. <laughs> All right. Well, I've been going for a little, bi- a little while. I said we, we can probably call it here. All right, man. Sounds good. Absolutely. George, well, so we'll be in touch. We'll, we'll reconvene. All right, we'll we'll figure out what we want to do with it. All right, all right, sounds good, man. Absolutely, but I want to say thank you for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, I hope you had a good time. I did. <laughs> yeah, I, it was it was awesome reconnecting with you. I, I'd be down to chat every now and then, you know, keep it going, you know, because you know, dude, fucking awesome friend. All right, sounds good, dude. Good talking to you. Absolutely. All right, homie, have a good day. I'll talk to you soon. You too, man. Peace. <laughs>